This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Hey, BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy summer solstice of 2022. It is Tuesday, June 21st, wherever and however Longest you're day of the year? Great to have you with us. Indeed it is. So get out and do something until you can't see... I don't know. No, you can't see. Golf ball in front of you anymore or whatever you're going to you be doing. Until you can't see, period. Right? Until you can't see. Yeah, just period. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who has his kettle corn ready for media day, Jerem Jordan. I'm not a big kettle corn guy. No? Uh, I like it, but it's not like one of my favorites. Movie theater popcorn yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm just like dripping in butter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, football media day eve today. Football media day is tomorrow. It starts at 11 Eastern time, state of the program. we got a two-hour dish at BYU Sports Nation. Oh, yeah, BYU beat Utah last year. You can rewatch that. It's awesome. Same time, web chats with Yesen Born Identity Shepherd yep. on the BYU TV app. And then at uh, 4.30 Eastern, BYU, a history of independence. Looking back at the independent era, right? Maybe the best saved for last this year, question mark. And then at 5.30 Eastern, BYU football, top 100 plays. All kinds of goodness coming up tomorrow on BYU TV and Can't the BYU wait. TV app. And Gregor Bell will have a special two-hour behind the mic. Uh, from 2 to 4 Eastern on BYU Radio as well. Jerem, why wait for greatness till tomorrow? Why wait? Like, just the letter Y? Yeah. Is that what you're no, why, why wait? Let's let's do something great today. I'm telling you why, said James, the member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day yes. Saints. We've, we've got a fantastic show lineup. But before that, we do need to point out that, Jerem, you were wearing one of the beautiful new BYU patriotic T-shirts yeah. currently available at the BYU store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's the rare instance... That you can wear red on a BYU the shirt only and time. it's tolerable because it's for USA. Yep. So yeah, go uh, go get those at the BYU store, uh, in person, online, whatever. I went to a country music concert on Saturday night. Garth. You Brooks. can say who it was. It was okay. Chris Gaines. Gar Chris Gaines. <laughs> nice poll. <laughs> I feel like I'm the, the Chris only Gaines one experiment who did not pay off. I'm the only one who didn't go to this concert. I'm okay. pretty sure. Okay, so the Garth Brooks concert. And I thought, well, I don't really have any cowboy clothes or cowboy hat. Did so, you? So I was like. What do I do? I'm just gonna wear the most patriotic thing I can find I can think of, you know? So I whipped out my Team USA authentic basketball jersey and just went like all USA out because I was like country music. No garbs under the straight jersey. America. No, thankfully uh, I didn't go that far. <laughs> but uh, that's what I thought of when I saw you in that t-shirt today. I was like, oh yeah, if I had had that t-shirt, I could have worn that to the concert and accomplished the same thing. My brother-in-law went full cowboy hat, oh, yeah. full jeans, uh, boots. He's not. He's not. That guy. He just, like, <laughs> became that guy. Yeah, which is awesome. Hey, the original cowboy of BYU's passing attack nice. in a lot of ways. Jim McMahon is on the show today. That leads off our show lineup preview. Jimmy yes. Max on the program? Jim McMahon on yeah. the show. I told you you wouldn't have to wait until media day for greatness. Let's go ahead and just kick off the fun day oh, early. Jimmy Mack. Yes. One of the greatest to ever do it. The greatest quarterback, in my opinion. If here. not the greatest. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of great, we're going to discuss the greatest season of BYU football independence. Mm-hmm. Which you and, year would you give it to? We don't agree. We don't I, agree on this. We don't agree on this one. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We do not agree. And also, better yet, what would it take in the final year of independence to make 2022 the greatest yeah. season of BYU's independence era? Might happen. I think it might happen. 
That in mind, bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. ESPN President Jimmy Patero told Richard Deitch on the sports media podcast that he plans on texting Oklahoma being in the Big 12 until 2025. That means two full years with BYU. If that's the case, the league will be 14 teams Ooh. as of now. For two more Let's years? See. Yes, just give BYU the opportunity to play both Texas and Oklahoma in the league. If they're in them for two years, that's going to happen. In Provo. I don't know about that, but I would love that. In I would love it. Hey, Pro Football Focus releasing their top NFL offensive play callers. BYU alum, former offensive tackle, Andy Reid, heard of him. Not surprisingly, the number one ranked offensive play caller in the NFL, according to PFF. Currently with the Chiefs. Shout out to Jason Shepard with that in mind. And Boise State's Kellen Moore. Why do we mention him? Because he's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Indeed he is. And no is. matter what he wants to do with that, he is a coaching candidate in the future. He's the offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. He's been in that position since 2019. Men's basketball will open the season Monday, November 7th, hosting Idaho State, according to the Bengals' schedule release. Cougars 34-6 and all-time versus ISU. Former BYU big man Colby Lee transferred Idaho State in the offseason, so he will make his return. We now know 11 of the 13 non-conference games through reports or releases. Courtney Wayman has accomplished a lot, and not surprisingly, everybody in the nation in that sport has taken notice. She is a Bowerman Trophy semifinalist, one of 10 semifinalists for the award presented to the most outstanding male and female NCAA track and field athletes. The finalists will be announced on June 27th. Of course, Courtney won the steeplechase, the NCAA championships, collegiate record of 916. And by the way, when she came on the show, we clarified something because we said, well, she beat the next closest competitor by nine seconds. It was also the NCAA record that she beat by nine seconds. NCAA record. So double whammy there. So the next closest competitor was running a fantastic pace. But not good enough. Not good enough to beat Courtney or the record. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU football seeking greatness in its independence finale. As we alluded to just a moment ago, today we will discuss what BYU needs to do to make it the greatest season of independence. Jerem, you're the first to answer it, at least in this public forum. Hold on, there's a fly. Oh, okay. I think I can get it. <laughs> there's a fly swatter oh. in here. We'll get it later. Where is it? It's Talk. right in focus, front of me. Jerem. It was sitting focus, there. Focus, focus, Jerem. Sitting. I can get it. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Got it. Okay, now that uh, you... Oh, so yeah. distracting. That's Jeez. not distracting you. I took a shower today. Okay. What does BYU football have it's to do... Dead. You're like a four-year-old. I love it. I don't want to buzz it around <laughs> distracting people from my amazing opinion here. <laughs> what does BYU football have to do in its last season of independence to make it the greatest? <gasps> There's the dead fly. Uh, viewer discretion advised, okay? Viewer discretion advised. Uh, that's the first of its kind on this program. Okay, first off, I have to tell you what year I think is the best so that you understand how it can be topped. Okay. Okay? The best year was last year. 2021. Let me tell you why. That lost to UAB in the bowl tell game? Tell me why. No, that went 6-1 and one versus Power 5s and okay. finished top 25. And had three the losses? first since 09. <laughs> the first season since 09. We're all the... No, no, yeah, no, no, sorry, no. 2020. Yeah. Yeah. 2020, I just... Strength of schedule was too awesome in 21 in terms of Power 5s. You beat a Power 5 champ. You ended the nine-year streak against Utah. You had three wins versus teams with eight-plus wins. By the way, BYU in 2020 beat zero teams that were four games plus above 500 in 2020, right? Not everyone even played the same amount of games. 
the, those Tyler Algiers record breaking season, um, it was incredible. I, I think last year was the best year. I, I get the argument for 2020 as well. I just think 21. I value the strength of schedule and ending the streak versus Utah and power fives and da da da. So to to surpass that in my mind, 11 and two would do it because I think you have a stronger group of power five teams on this. You can't. You're not just beating up on the lowly Pac-12 like last year. I kid. But we had some fun with that. But like, if you if you can pull off a couple wins that include like, if BYU goes eleven and two, that means you you beat Notre Dame or Arkansas or Baylor or Oregon. Like you sure. won two of those, uh, which is notable. I think I think that happens, right? Um, I'm I'm excited. Ten and three probably wouldn't do it because you don't have the Utah win sitting there. Utah's not on the schedule. They would rather play uh, Florida. So the Utah win really, really did it for me last year. But yeah, if BYU pulls off eleven and two with these five Power Fives, um, and you get at least three of those, and you avoid some G five losses, which BYU did not last year, they had more okay. G five losses than Power Five losses. That could do it. So this is interesting because ten and three. You so, so ten and three with a more difficult schedule. Probably no. Would not beat last year's ten and three. Well, I'm is not B- comprehending this. Is BYU ending a nine year nine game streak against Utah, and will they beat a Power Five champ? Like that, that that was a big win against Utah. Also, BYU beat. If you go ten and three and you're playing four teams that are probably going to be ranked above you when the season starts, there's a good chance that to go ten and three, you probably have to beat a conference champ. Arkansas ain't winning the SEC. Notre Dame doesn't play in a league. Is Oregon going to win the Pac-12? Or- Oregon, I don't. I maybe maybe Baylor is not going to win the Big Twelve. Like I don't think you have a Power Five champion there. Stanford ain't doing it. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing for me: BYU lost to two Group of Five teams. They lost to a mediocre Boise State team at home. Okay, that as good as amazing as the wins were, that's a tarnished part of the record. And then you lost the bowl game to UAB. That probably is the ultimate sway for me. It's like, ah, I you just said, can't. I cannot yes. say that 2021 was the best in Independence because you lost to UAB in the bowl game, and you have three losses compared to only one loss in 2020. And I know you're arguing the you're arguing the worst loss. I argued the best win. What's the best win of 2020? At Boise State, BYU'd never done it and they crushed them. Boise State was 5 and 2. 5 and 2. What's wrong with 5 and 2? What's you only wrong p- with 5 and 2? They only played 7, but like they still have the winning games. percentage. You didn't play anybody. Okay, like, so the win at Boise State doesn't mean anything. You played one team that won Seven BYU or more. Lost like to, you beat BYU one lost team to a worse Boise State team at home in 2021 than the team they beat at Boise State in 2020. There's no argument you, about that. Yeah, straight up. That just we'll never know how good 2020 really was because they didn't. They they did an awesome job of playing the schedule they had to play. They what, crushed UCF. Played an actual tough schedule and was awesome. Yes, they failed in a couple of moments, but but. BYU's not going 12-1 and one in the modern era, like against a real schedule. It's just too hard. You're going to lose a couple of games. And I would rather have lost those games. Like, would you rather have lost to Boise State or Arizona State? I'd rather have the good win than the, than the okay loss. Because losing to Boise State is an acceptable loss. Oh, we all UAB love, is not. We, exactly. It's not. And that, it's to not. me, is the sw- that's what swings it. It's not. So, yeah, I value the great win. You value, you value the poor loss in the conversation. Well, wait, I, what do you mean I value the poor loss? You're arguing against it with the loss. I'm arguing for it with the, the better wins. Yes, I put more, cre- saying, I more, put saying, more credence into it. Yeah, it's not, well, yeah, yeah. I, I put more credence into the fact that BYU 
kind of tailed off there, and they lost to UAB. Now, if yeah. BYU had beaten UAB and finished with 11 wins and two losses, without doubt, without a doubt, 2021 is the greatest. 10-3 and three and 11-1. Also, it produced five draft picks in 2020, and Zach Wilson is the quarterback. That factors into my the, how I weighed it as sure. what I value. Sure. Like, three, hey, three were at the very end, which was awesome, but two were amazing, and then the other three were like consolation. Four of them, four of them have stuck of the five. Yeah, I mean, Kyrus and Dax I'm just talking about where they were drafted. Okay, yeah. five draft picks, mo- tied a BYU record. Zach Wilson, highest draft pick ever, 11-1. and one. I mean, it, BYU took it. They felt so good about the team, they were willing to drive 2,300 miles to Coastal Carolina on three days' notice. Yeah, it didn't work out, unfortunately. Man, I wish oh, it man. Okay, yeah. well, you tell us. You've heard our arguments. I, I think it's 2020. Jerem thinks it's 2021, the greatest to this point. But to do it and – be even better, yeah. For me, it's eleven wins this season. Yeah, you got to go eleven and two. Even yeah, yeah. You, you probably got to go eleven and two. And if it's ten and three and you beat Notre Dame, like I just don't. Then maybe I just, maybe that's better. I just value the win over Utah a ton, and I just think BYU's not going to be able to surpass that this year unless they beat Notre Dame, and Notre Dame only has one loss mm. or something. Like even that's if, the only way to me that really sticks out more than Utah. Trust me, that Utah win is incredible. Not only because of the streak, but because they won their league. Which season has been the greatest season of BYU's independence era? That is our question of the day. We want to hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Brian Buss answers on Twitter. 2021 was the greatest year of independence as justified by four events. Won the Big 12 invite. Oh, I guess you could throw that in there, right? What in the world? That, that That's all tied to that season? Come on, it's long. It's bigger than that. I, th- I think it's tied to that weekend. Okay, okay. beating Which, Utah. Tell me what happened in 2020 that was better than that weekend. <laughs> Nothing. Not sure. even close. That might have been the greatest weekend greatest in BYU history, weekend, Greatest weekend maybe ever in the history of BYU sports. We're talking overall seasons. But he says, beating Utah, ending the worst losing streak to the Utes in the modern era. Going six and one against power fives, five. He said four and zero, but it's five and zero against the Pac twelve, winning the Pac twelve South de facto. Yeah, we all love that. We all love. He didn't say de facto. I'm adding de facto. No, it was literally the Pac twelve South champion, and they allowed. Oh my goodness. Um, someone else to go. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, missionaries were at a College World Series game yesterday. Is this safety zone approved content? As long as they use situational awareness. End of day. A BYU legend, Jim McMahon joins us in Studio B. He's never been to Studio B. Oh, nice. First time he's been here. He's going to rehash a lot of fantastic stories. Do not go anywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tomorrow for a two-hour special of BYU Sports Nation. BYU Football Media Day. We'll have Tom Homel, Kalani Sataki, Jaron Hall, many others. Two-hour dish, noon Eastern tomorrow on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play on Media Day Eve. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Earlier this morning, we had the very distinct pleasure, for the first time ever, having the great Jim McMahon in Studio B. Amazing conversation. We asked him about everything from the Miracle Bowl to the Roy High School quarterback pipeline returning to BYU. Here is our conversation with the great Jim McMahon. 
Jim, it's great to have you for the first time in Studio B on BYU Sports Station, back in part with BYU Football Media Day and in Provo, Utah. It's so great to see you. Well, it's good to be back in town. It's definitely the first time I've been in the studio. Welcome, man. So yeah. It's good to be here. Listen, Steve Young has been claiming that he's the greatest guest to ever be in Studio B, but uh, now, now you've it's usurped being challenged. him. Yeah, it's, it's being challenged. Steve's a Hall of Famer, so he can, he can do that. <laughs> <laughs> you also need to be complimented for, because we're social media guys, for stepping up your Twitter game. This is, this is a, a, a venture that you've taken on recently, and uh, you've really grown your following. Well, it's uh, not, not because of me. I mean, I don't, uh, I look at it once in a while, but I've got people handling that for me. I don't, you know, I'm not uh, an everyday guy on that thing, so I, don't, I still don't understand it. I don't we know. hope we to be in a position one day where we can have someone handling our Twitter Yeah, accounts. one day. We barely understand <laughs> it too, Jim. It's all good. Um, obviously, you're in a boot here. How are you doing physically right now? Well, I was doing great for till seven months ago. You know, I just had a routine surgery to remove some bone spurs and a little bone off my ankle. And uh, three days later, I woke up burning and bleeding, and uh, I was infected. I had to go back in the hospital for eight days, two more surgeries, and they thought about cutting my foot off. So, I'm, wow. At least I'm glad there's a boot on there and there's a foot. So it's been seven months on crutches and mm. still not walking, but. Uh, at least I have a foot. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely great perspective. And uh, we hope to see you back on the golf course and up and about very, very soon. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to get back out there and, and beat some guys in the game that uh, you're playing after football, right? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to be playing in Tahoe in three weeks. Um, that's my goal. And uh, you can't use carts there, so it's going to be a struggle getting to my ball. But, you know, if I have to crawl, I'm going. It, this will be my 33rd year in a row. Mm. It's, it's mm. only been myself and Jack Wagner been to every one. So I can't let an actor outdo me. It's <laughs> a good streak. got to show up. It's a good streak, man. Yeah. Now, as you mentioned, it's a special occasion to have you back in Provo. For you, what's it like now to know that when you walk into Lavelle Edwards Stadium, your name's up there, it's retired, the number nine is there. What does that mean to you? Well, I had some great years here. I, you know, I had a lot of uh, a lot of fun with uh, my teammates and coaches, and uh, we had a lot of success. And and to see my name finally up there is, I didn't think it ever happened because I didn't think I'd ever graduate. But uh, I finally, you know, took those last five classes and got it done. I think six, seven years ago, something like that. Yeah. Uh, it was a big burden off my shoulders, and and you know, I had promised Lavelle and my folks that I'd get it done, and uh, I was glad to do it before you know we we ended up losing them. So. It's nice you, to be up there. Where'd you get that suit you wore at uh, graduation that year? That was the most outlandish, oh, amazing no, suit. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah just the jacket, a, yeah. Just a jacket from a company that just sends me stuff. <laughs> I, I need to get my hands on that thing. That was, that was incredible, man. Yeah, those are, I like color. Yeah. You know? I, I've never Black asked you. Black and white's not real, you know. Yeah. It's, it's too bland for me. Yeah. Uh, I, we've never asked you about this, but in 2014, in the game where at halftime you are, uh, you know, honored, Taysom Hill breaks his leg in the first half, and there's kind of this weird vibe in the stadium. But we were all so excited to have you there. What was that like for you? Because obviously it's this huge moment for you. But it was also a weird vibe in the stadium because Taysom gets hurt. Uh, right and, I, and I think we ended up losing that night. Too. Uh -huh. I think it was to Utah State. If I'm you were the one correct. win that night. And uh, I think the last time they had lost to Utah State was when I was playing here. So it was a <laughs> it was kind of a bittersweet night. <laughs> but. Uh, it brought back some memories, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it was nice. To, it was a nice night. Yeah, they did a great job. Yeah. Now, Jeremy and I were talking this morning about everything that you did at such a high level at BYU, uh, including at one point punting the ball. So some you, people forget this. Yeah. Were you yeah. an underrated punter? 
Uh, well, I, my average wasn't all that good. I think it was like 39 yards or something. But you know, we didn't really have to punt a whole lot back then. You know, we, uh, my freshman year we had Gifford Nielsen, you know, All-American QB, and uh, Mark Wilson was after him. So you know, we didn't we didn't punt a whole lot. I, I probably maybe 20 times. I I, I don't even rem remember my stats. But uh, I was just I was just happy to make the varsity, you know, in some capacity. And so you know, Gifford got hurt. I think the fourth game of that year, so I, all of a sudden I'm the backup. But I'm, <clears throat> again, I was still punting, and, and uh, I got in a couple of games my freshman year, but nothing spectacular. Didn't you punt left-footed one time? It's just, did that happen? That happened over in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was a game I probably I wasn't supposed to play, and you know, I kept saying, I, you know, my arm was hurting, which it was. Uh, I ended up throwing like 60 some balls that night, even though I wasn't supposed <laughs> to play. But yeah, the, the center hiked it over my head. And when I chased it down, I happened to just turn to my left, or to my right, actually. So I'm running towards our sideline, and, and the guy chasing me, if I were to try to kick it, you can't stop and kick it. The guy would block the punt, so I just kept running. And, you know, I, I kicked a few things around with my left feet before, so. To me, it wasn't that big a deal. I was just trying to get, you know, just get it anywhere that way, yeah. right? And it ended up down on the one-yard line. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good punt. Yeah. That's one of my favorite. Yeah, I hadn't heard it from you, but I'd heard this, the Jim McMahon left-footed punt story, which is awesome. Why was your arm hurting? Just too much Frisbee on the beach the day before? No, it was, uh, I've had shoulder problems ever since high school. I had yeah. it dislocated originally in high school, and just over the years, all the throwing and, and uh, you know, using your arm, it just wore it down and wore it down. And, Eventually, you know, in the pros, it finally got it fixed. But I played quite a few years with a bad shoulder. Did you did you play eighty and eighty one with a bad shoulder? Then you just muscled through it. Yeah, it's it's been bad for a long time. Mm. You broke so all those NCAA records with a bad shoulder. Well, I mean, I didn't feel a whole lot. You know, amazing what painkillers do. <laughs> that and adrenaline. You know, you yep, get out sure. there on game day, just you, you forget a lot of pain. So I didn't I didn't think about it once I was out there. Are you saying with two good eyes and two good shoulders, you could have broken even more records? Been okay. Yeah. You might have been all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ty couldn't have reached some of those records. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think Ty broke them all anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The humble Jim McMahon with us on BYU oh, Sports. Oh, seriously, Station. I think about it. yeah, the the, the eye and shoulder crazy. Everything, uh, all the records that you broke and everything that you accomplished. What means the most to you? What uh, that you accomplished at BYU? What's, <coughs> what's the feat that you accomplished at BYU that means the most to you? Uh, winning the first bowl game mm. for Coach Edwards, uh, first and second. Uh, that was, a, you know, they'd been, I don't know how many bowl games before that. We'd been to a couple of uh, holiday bowls before that. Didn't get it done. So winning that first one, that was something I'll, I'll always remember. And the iconic, of course, uh, <clears throat> you know, it kind of starts with you guys are going to punt and you in no uncertain terms come over to the sideline and say, we're not punting in friendly BYU TV uh, verse there. What do you remember from that sequence of the, the competitor, perhaps the most competitive uh, moment for you comes out where it's like, no, I, I refuse to give up right here. Well, like I said, you know, we hadn't won a bowl game yet. And why, you know, had we punted then, the game is over. You why know, not? Why not? I'm not going to go out laying down like that, you know. <clears throat> and so, like you said, I came and <laughs> Lavella and I had a little quaint discussion. <laughs> And uh, thank God he let me go back in the game because yeah. I, I didn't want to come off the field. The guy, you know, I said huddle up on fourth down, and everybody's here comes the punting team. I said, well, the hell with the punting team. We're not punting. Yeah. And uh, you know, we had to burn one of our timeouts that we would have needed later. But 
Yeah, it was. Uh, it worked out pretty good. Yeah, you got the first down. A couple plays later, you get a touchdown. Get the ball back quickly. Score another touchdown. When Bill Shefflin blocks that punt, what's going through your mind? Well, we had. I think there was about 18 seconds left when he did that, and so I knew we had at least three plays in us. You know, the time for three plays. <laughs> and um, I just said, you know, we got back in the huddle. I said, look, we come too far now. Let's win this game. You know. And uh, the, I remember, I think it was the first pass that I threw that was, it was to Clay Brown across the middle. And it was probably the worst pass I'd thrown all year long. And thank God, because the, the cornerback on the offside had, had let his man go and was about, if I'd have led Clay with the ball, it probably would have been picked off game over. But I threw a terrible pass behind him and he didn't catch the one with the one hand like he did in the first mm -hmm. half. He let it go. The next one I think I threw out of bounds down the sidelines and then, you know, the three seconds left, you know, you got one play. And it's a play we practiced every, every week, you know, you just hope you never have to use it. And uh, it worked out to perfection. I mean, the first guy down is supposed to tip it if he can't catch it. And the ball came right down to Clay. I mean, it was just like there was three or four SMU guys around him and not one of those guys touched the ball. And I ended up playing with, with two of those defensive backs from SMU. <laughs> Wes Hopkins was one. He was a safety. I played with him in Philadelphia. And um, Reggie, was it Reggie Phillips? Reggie Phillips was the other DB. Played with him in Chicago. And we, that conversation <laughs> came up a lot. Yeah, I said, hey, how did you guys miss the ball? I mean, it was three of you guys there, and none of you touched it but Clay. It was just one of those things. I mean, it was... Uh, Somebody was looking out for us, yeah. that's for sure. It's a sore spot for Eric Dickerson, too. Oh, Eric and I, we, I'll probably see him up in Tahoe in a few weeks, and we'll, you guys stole that game. That's, <laughs> a, that's all I ever hear from those guys. It, there's, there's a moment, and I think you've told it, uh, <coughs> but I'd love to hear from you, where, where it, with Vaisekahema, where you recreate this moment in a practice in the NFL or something? Is that, do you recall this? Uh, briefly. We were, we were all in Philadelphia together. And, uh, one of the DBs from SMU is talking trash. After, yeah. Well, Wes was one yep. of the DBs. Yep. And, and so uh, I, th I think we reenacted it. I can't remember Vi what pulled his pants down or something and <laughs> caught down a body or something. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like Vi. <laughs> Elder sick of him right now. Yes, yes. Right. He's, yeah. Yeah. he's a Jim big wig now. He's big time. Yeah, absolutely. Jim McMahon <laughs> on BYU Sports Station. Uh, obviously, BYU moving into a new stratosphere uh, as a Power 5 team in the summer of 2023, so we're about a year away from that. Uh, when you heard that BYU was invited to the Big 12, knowing where this program was when Lavelle took over, and you in the early years with Lavelle, and now seeing what it's become, what, what did that mean to you? What, what did you feel when you found out they were going to the Big 12? Well, I think Tommy Homo's done a heck of a job here as, as the AD, and, and uh, you know, he's been trying to you know, get national recognition, although they've had it for years. Um, it seems like only the quarterbacks kind of get the, the recognition, but they've had a good program here for a long time. And I think, you know, as he keeps moving up toward different uh, leagues, that uh, people will find out, hey, this is a pretty good program they got here. You know, they, they not just throw the ball, but they've got, they've got some good athletes here. Did Tom ever pick you off in practice? <clears throat> um... I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> that was 40-something years ago. Dude. I'm having trouble with yesterday. No, no, no it's all good. All good. Spe but of, speaking of Tom interceptions, he did have one in the uh, 1981 bowl game win over Washington State. So we, we, we'll, we'll, we'll give him he, some he can play, man. We, yeah, he could play. He can play. 
White guy playing DB in the NFL? That's, yeah. you got to be able to play. Daniel Sorensen and, and Tom Holm. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Zane Anderson, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about Zach Wilson. Uh, it took a long time for some, a quarterback to be drafted higher than you. Uh, Zach Wilson at two. What do you think of what he did at BYU and what he could do in the NFL, hopefully? Well, I didn't get to see him play much when he was here. I, I talked to Tom about him, and I, I respect Tom's opinion. He said, hey, this kid could play. And so I'm sure he's going to be, you know, have a successful career as long as he stays healthy. And, you know, the, the bad thing about getting drafted that high is usually the team sucks. And so yep. he's going to have to deal with some <laughs> rough, rough years, as, as I did in Chicago. Uh, first three years were not real fun, but yep. uh, after that it was, it was good. But he'll probably have the same success there. Yeah, what changed for you after those first three years? What, what was it that took you and the Chicago Bears to the next level after some struggles? Offensive linemen. Finally got some guys that could, you know, <clears throat> we drafted <clears throat> Jimbo Covert in 83. Uh, he just went in the Hall of Fame a couple of years ago. Uh, Keith Van Horn was our right tackle. He'd been there a year or two when I got there. <clears throat> And then we moved a defensive player, a defensive lineman over to guard, Mark Bortz from Iowa. And I think that made a big difference for our offensive wow. line. And once we shored up that, I mean, it was, you know, Walter, Walter Payton, he played, I think, six years before I got there with that, the offensive line that he had. I don't know how he survived. You know, I, I, my rookie year, I'd hand him the ball, and he'd make a 30-yard run that only gained one or two. Oh. He'd go from sideline to sideline, bouncing off people. He just didn't like to be tackled. But uh, it was once that line got shored up and, and uh, they started gelling, it was tough to beat us because defensively we were pretty good. Our, the hope now is that BYU can continue to do what it's been doing the last couple of years and what you guys did in the NFL, which is like almost every game there's a BYU guy, it feels like, on somebody's team having an influence. What was it like when you played to know, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see a lot of my BYU guys here representing either on my team with Vi and the Eagles or, or across the field? Well, there wasn't a whole lot of them back then. You know, uh, I got to see Glenn Titanser. He was our defensive end. He ended up playing offensive line for Dallas. So I'd see him a couple times a year. Um, Vi, I got to play with again so in uh, Philadelphia, so it was fun. Uh, who else? Mark Wilson I'd see once in a while when we played Steve, of course. Uh, I think I might have been done with – yeah, Ty was there when I, when I came in there. I was about to leave the league when Ty came in. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's always fun to, to you know see your old teammates and you know rehash some some fun times. Yeah, how do you feel like the game of football, just in general, has changed the most since you were playing in the NFL to where it is now? Oh, just the rule changes. I mean, the uh, I think it's kind of ridiculous what the quarterbacks can get away with now you know it's uh, after what you had to go yeah, through I mean, they could still take two or three steps and hit you in the head back then but you know now they can't hit you low you can't hit you high I mean it's it's pretty nice when you know you can step into every throw and and not take your knees out but uh, that's just the way the game is now it's like a it's like seven on seven pretty much with, with linemen so uh, it would have been nice to play in today's game because everybody's throwing it around you know I when I came out of I got to throw it how many times a game here, and then I go to Chicago, and it took me three or four games to throw it that many times that I threw it in one game here. So <laughs> it was very boring, but, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. What do, you, what do you still to this day think back on and really cherish from your time at BYU? Uh, just you know, how much fun we had, uh, my teammates. I just lost a really close friend, uh, this past year, uh, Danny Plater, mm -hmm. Pluto, mm -hmm. the infamous Pluto. 
Uh, Andy Reid and I still are in contact. Uh, you know, it's just nice to just hang out and, and just remember the, you know, the, the old days where <coughs> BYU wasn't such a big name. You know, yeah. we, were, we were just kind of helping them out along the way, and uh, they've come a long way since then. I'm happy to report that uh, we're working on the Roy High School to BYU quarterback pipeline again. We've, we've we're, got, we're we've working got, on we've that. We've got yeah. someone in the works. BYU it's signed from Roy High School. A quarterback Parker, from Roy. Parker uh, Kingston, yes. yeah, who's going to be a slot receiver, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 He played quarterback at Roy, but yeah, they've yeah. got him slated. Uh, he's with, too good of an athlete. They just he's had he's to put the 100-meter champ in the state of Utah as well. Wow. So. Uh, my old, well, my old teammate is the head coach up there, Freddie Fernandez. Freddie. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Freddie was the sophomore of my senior year there. So yeah, that's he's, awesome. done, he's done a great job. Fred's there. my guy. He he was my high school football coach at Northridge. Yeah, so he's he's good legendary, people. man. Yeah, he was a good player. Well, Jim, it's great to have you again. Um, we appreciate uh, all you do for us uh, to promote BYU and uh, promote the game. It's just great to have you back on campus for for media day and a few other activities. Yeah, it's great to be here and look forward to coming back. All right, we give up BYU Sports Nation Carmen to our favorite people, uh, and typically good things happen when we do that. So we're going to give it to you for a speedy recovery. Yeah, so you can play in Tahoe. So I, just want, I don't care how good I play. I just want to be able to walk to my ball. Ah, yep. Love that. Good luck. Yeah, we'll keep our fingers crossed for that. Thanks, Jim. All right, thank you. Jim McMahon, for the first time ever, the BYU legend, in Studio B. He's in town uh, with NFL Films shooting something with Ty Demmer, which is pretty cool, and, and part of Media Day. So I, I do want to give Jim a hard time, though, because I ask him, did Tom Homel ever pick you off? He's, he's naming names and situations from the Miracle Bowl and in the NFL. I bet Tom picked him off a couple times, well, and he conveniently forgot. Listen, listen, <laughs> it's like the movie Inside Out. Like, some of those memories just sure. get pushed back and, and I, they, they go away to die and I forever. Know, I'm just kidding. But there was some real <laughs> specificity there sometimes yeah. that's just incredible. The recall of oh, this safety moved off of uh, Clay Brown and the, I luckily I underthrew him and whatever. It's like, that's gold, Jerry. That's gold, man. <laughs> it's awesome. You have to have a short memory when you're quarterback after big mistakes, right? <laughs> right. Right. It's a long memory on the success. Exactly. The short it's memory. Exactly right. The uh, interceptions. Okay, coming up, Morgan Bailey. She's back from the uh, new women's hoop staff. She joins us. West Coast Conference Player of the Year 2015. And is Oklahoma State a legitimate candidate for BYU's Big 12 rival? Do we have to have one? Is that a, that, that's a thing? You decide. This is BYU Sports Nation. Like me? Not the BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. Interact with the show, follow us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. He is Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around, presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. ESPN President Jimmy Patero says Texas and OU will be in the Big 12 until 2025, two years with them in the league. Why is this coming from ESPN again? Well, ESPN is the mothership and the worldwide leader, so... Uh, I don't know. Why does it come from Texas to Oklahoma? Well, because ESPN is uh, collaborating with Texas for the Longhorn Network, so maybe there's some conversations there about... Because it's going away when they go to the... Exactly. So uh, we're going to keep it through 2025, so you're telling us that you're going to be in the league for two more years? They, pr- they have to, co- they have to like, communicate Texas that, right? Texas probably wants this. They get $15 million a year from them. Yeah, because, again, it goes Longhorn Network goes away when they go to the SEC. Yeah. So no, I- it doesn't go away when BYU goes to the Big one. BYU does. It's <laughs> This is true. Although I will on. keep my LinkedIn updated just in case. You should do that always just <laughs> Always case. and forever. Yes. Yeah. BYU football did a night-themed promo shoot last night, Jerem. 
Is this just forward thinking and good preparation for all of those 8.15 p.m. kick times? They're actually 21 and 26, so it's even later, but uh, no, it just makes it so you can shine lights. If you yeah. do it in the daytime, you can't shine the light. No, th this will be fun. These are always good. They'll be used in the stadium, social media, fun stuff. And speaking of, at that shoot, we got a trio of players now known as the Mustache Gang? Question what? mark. You football put out. Houston A. Mooley, Mason Wake, Isaac Rex. Will this be the year of the mustache? And was it inspired by Top Gun Maverick? It absolutely feels like it was inspired by Top Gun and Rooster. Rooster. Yeah. Goose and Rooster. I literally asked someone in church on Sunday, this young guy in our ward, I was like, what? Did you have this before or after Top Gun Maverick? And he was like, before. <laughs> the only one that's really pulling off a mustache right now, by the way, based on that picture, is Houston. Houston. Houston's got it. Yeah, Houston can Isaac pull it off. kind of. Mason, I love you. It's not, it's not doing it for me. The thin mustache. I can't grow a good one, so I'm not one to talk. But, yeah, <laughs> I've had a mustache on the show. In fact, how many years ago was it? I said I wouldn't shave it until the men's basketball team lost, and they won like eight in a row. Yes. So it was like a month. Jared, it like, says, well, this. I actually want BYU to lose now. We asked, will this be the year of the mustache? Like, every year is the year of the mustache at BYU because that's the only facial hair you can typically grow. True, but mustaches are weird unless you can really pull it off, okay? Top Gun. And not everyone Top can. Gun making mustaches great again. Stop. You wear a hat? Saturday Touchdowns. This is an account on Twitter. Presented this graphic of proposed new Big 12 rivals. Mm -hmm. They have BYU and Oklahoma State okay. in a rivalry. Okay? Do you see BYU-Oklahoma State as the rivalry for the Cougars in the Big 12? I don't think BYU is going to have a primary rival. I think that will always be Utah. And I don't know that we can force a Utah-Colorado situation like the Pac-12 did. I, well, you can try and force it, but it doesn't work. I don't, yeah, there's not, there's not just, like, what is it in the WCC? St. Mary's. That's a competitive rival. They've done a few things that have ticked us off. We've done a few things that ticked them off. You need some of those, like, Angry moments. Sure. In a and lose a close game, win a close See, game. See, to, to summon that. The only one that resonates there is BYU's history with TCU because they have had some angry moments and some controversial finishes and history in the Mountain West. So for me, the answer is it's, TCU. It's just been so long; it's like very dormant. Well, for the fans, yeah. not so much, right? No one. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's been for us because we're. Late 30s, early 40s. Like ask yeah, John. It was like 15 years ago. Ask John it's been Beck a long about that. 51-50 loss at home to TCU. It was five. 17 years ago. It was a long time ago. During ESPN's College World Series broadcast yesterday, some missionaries were seen in the stands. Is this a safety zone approved activity? Yes. They're using situational awareness, understanding their environment, and enjoying the most popular thing that exists in Omaha, Nebraska, other than Nebraska football, and that is the College World Series. I love it. It's awesome. Get them out there. I didn't really do anything fun on uh, preparation days for uh, my mission, other than when we saw the Anti-Venom Museum in Sao Paulo. I saw some of the biggest snakes I've ever seen in my life. That was awesome. Jackson Clough, double-A uh, guy, former BYU Cougar, tweeted, it's actually six. Yep. Don't short us those precious two hours, please, because uh, NCAA baseball said, when you've got a ball game at one, but a commitment at four. Yeah, no, the commitment's not at four on Monday, okay? The commitment's typically starts at six. Let's, can we give missionaries a full day? Can we do that? Why is it cut off at six? As a former, can we go a whole day? Jeremy, you're, you're the obedience guy. You're like the obedience hours guy. You're the obedience guy. You can challenge the status quo. <laughs> Coming up, the top five seasons of BYU Football Independent. And BYU Women's Basketball Assistant Coach Morgan Bailey. She's back! Joins us in studio. This is BYU Sports Nation. Big things after Morgan. Blue goggles. 
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Football Media Days tomorrow starts at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. State of the program, live a dish, followed by a two-hour BYU Sports Nation. And then at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, Utah versus BYU last year. Yes. Ending the streak. Web chat with Chase Shepard on the BYU TV app. 4.30 Eastern BYU, a history of independence. And then at 5.30, BYU Football Top 100 place. These shows at 11, 12, 2, 4.30, all live on BYU TV and the app. Let's go. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B. Joining us now, our second guest, the fabulous Morgan Bailey. She's back, baby. Former West Coast Conference Women's Basketball Player of the Year. Now she is coaching them up. Not just at Utah Valley, but she has transitioned back to BYU. Welcome home, oh, Morgan. Thank you. Good to see thank you. you so much. It's good to be back. You've been so close, yet so far away. Uh, good, to, <laughs> good to have you back. What's it been like? Um, it's been a whirlwind just trying to get the girls back into practice, getting in the flow of things. Change is like hard, but it's good. And so I think that we're all adjusting really well. So when did this opportunity first cross your plate and what was your reaction to it? This opportunity? Well, um, I was out. It's a funny story because I wasn't supposed to go out to, um, South Carolina to recruit, um, and last second, things got changed where I had to, I was the one sent out. And that was the last um, tournament that Coach Whiting was going to be coaching at with her daughter. Um, and so I just happened to walk in the gym. She was there um, when I shouldn't have been there. Um, and we just kind of like nodded at each other. And then she called me later after the tournament. And it's history from there, and hopefully we're going to be making history as well. Let's so, go. Yeah. I like it. Uh, so when she nodded at you, that's when you got the job? Is that, that how that, that worked? That was the offer. Yeah, okay. yeah, that was the offer. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. That was hey, the offer. Just... Hey, what's up? Hey. hey. Yes, I hey, accept. Are we, we going to do this? You're, you're like, making 10K more, and I'm in. Let's go. What, what's, what's this process like, too? Because we talked about this with Lee. You aren't just uh, returning to BYU and figuring out what office you're you're trying to coach up the current team. Mm -hmm. And because of 2022 and the transporter, you're trying to re-recruit your own team. Yeah. What's this process like as you get to know each other, not only the staff, but the players as well? Yeah, and I think that previous opportunities have prepared me for something like this, where I went into a new staff at SUU, um, and we had to build there. I went back, well, came back to UVU to work with Dan and Kehlani and Ashley Garfield. Um, and we had to build there. And so coming here with a whole new staff as well, um, I feel like uh, we're still learning like each other's terminology, um, how we work and where we fit together um, perfectly. But um, it's been fun. And I think that the transfer portal is crazy, <laughs> um, but we're figuring it out together. And I think that we're all so different on staff, but we all complement each other as well, so. What are the strengths that you will bring to this staff? We know you have many. Yeah. <laughs> how do you see like how do you see your unique skill set fitting into this staff? Um, well, number 1 is I am a post player and that's my specialty is trying to build up these post players and, you know, make them the best players that they can be. And so that right there, I think skill development with the post is what I do. Uh, and then like I said, a builder. I, I do not back down from a challenge at all. Um, and so I've been in programs where we had to build from scratch. And so here, luckily, it's not from scratch. Uh, we have a lot of talent that we can build upon. Um, but just as we transition into this new staff, then into the Big 12, um, I'm very confident in myself and who I'm working with um, to do that. Now, correct so. me if I'm wrong. You didn't have a practice facility when you were a player. 
No, we no. <laughs> so now I get to enjoy the annex. <laughs> yeah, I, they announced it right as I was yes. like going overseas. How so, convenient! I know. So. But yeah. Back. Well, it's funny, too, because you think back at the great BYU teams and you're like, you know what Ty Detmer didn't have? He didn't have a, the student-athlete building. He didn't have the indoor practice facility. He still won the Heisman. He still won the Natty. Like, these things are nice. They don't mm-hmm. equal winning. Yeah, you were the but, West Coast Conference Player of the Year, and you didn't have you an didn't have one. But you got to keep up with the Joneses to some degree, and in recruiting, mm-hmm. that's a big deal, right? And in development so. of the program. And it's yeah. nice to have an office that isn't in a basement in the Marriott Center. Yes. Yeah. I think the biggest thing, though, like when we were players, we had to fight for courts to shoot at. And at BYU, we yes. know we're not allowed to wear cutoffs or jerseys in the RB or the Smithfield house. You're fighting the yeah. – do you have a wristband? Yeah, do you, do you have, have a wristband? Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have a – if you have a cutoff, put a T-shirt on. I was like, this has BYU on it. They gave this to me. <laughs> I'm on the team. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah Tyler but, Haas and yeah. Kyle Collinsworth have stories, too. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's like, just nice on. that the girls have 24-hour access yes. to wherever to shoot. 100%. So. Mm-hmm. One final year in the West Coast Conference before BYU makes the jump to the Big 12. You just said it. You're never going to back down from a challenge. Right. This is going to be a significant challenge, playing in the Big 12. It's really good women's basketball yeah. conference. Yeah. What do you think of BYU's fit in the Big 12, and what has to change for you to feel like, okay, we're here and we belong? Yeah. Um, I, number one, that was the reason why I made this change. Um, cause I want to go against the biggest and the best. And that's how I was as a player as well. Um, but I think what needs to change, we're obviously going to bring in more girls, um, to help us. I'm excited for the development of the girls we currently have as we transition. Um, this, this season is going to be big for them to see them grow and learn as we go. Um, and then I just think X's and O's wise, like we want to play fast. We want to, We still want to have a balanced game of having a post inside, guards who can shoot, people who can drive. Um, and so I think we're just going to build on that, but just take it to the next level and a lot of skill development as well. Um, when I used to play here, we were just playing, playing, playing up and down. But I think we're going to bring back the skill development. If I was a big time recruit looking at schools around the state, I would want to be here. Mm-hmm. With what's going on, yeah, I would. It's fun. You I just be would. Part of this, right? I just would. Yeah, yeah. let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan Bailey on BYU Sports Station. It is great to have you back uh-huh. on campus. It's, so it's good to, to see you. Back. Yeah, welcome yeah, back. So good to be back. The first of many conversations that we'll have. Yes. Yes. Probably a lot that you'll have to deal with as we're doing preparation. But thanks it. for putting up yes, with us in advance. Thanks. Thanks. Do you guys still do the? Song the the karma the karma oh, yeah yes, do you want Morgan. it do you want some I want, I yeah want they're, it. They're, you can't it. hear it but yeah. they're playing it yeah the Gregorian Chan is playing in our ears yes. you are receiving BYU Sports Nation karma okay. right do you now. mind signing the flag during the yep, break you're back you got you got to sign the new flag thank you awesome yeah. let's go awesome yeah. okay okay coming up are you today's elite voice of the day and the top five seasons of independence ooh w- which is at the top what? of the list what did our staff put down as number one this is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. It's time for Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing the top five seasons of BYU football's independence era. Number 5, 2015, 9-4 year, Manga Miracle at Nebraska. Another miracle against Boise State. Five-game win streak in the middle of the season. The loss to Utah in the Vegas Bowl was a tough finish, but BYU hired Kalani Satake right after that game, essentially negating all negative feelings about that. Uh, So, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, The Manga Miracle, of course, was a highlight. Yeah, back-to-back weeks. Here it is, finally. Mitch Matthews, is he going to catch it? 
Yes! At number four, 2011. Oh, we're going to wait for this one too? Might as well. Okay, there we go. Number four, 2011, the first year of independence, including a season opening win at Ole Miss. Kyle Van Noy won this game. Last second win over Utah State. Riley Nelson taking over. Fake spike touchdown to win the Armed Forces Bowl, the red alert play. Until recently, this was the only 10 win season of independence. Yeah, it took a minute. They didn't play anybody that year, though. 2016, number three, nine and four. Taysom Mill and Jamal Williams were back. Flying stock in new staff. Only four losses by a combined eight points. BYU beat Josh Allen and Wyoming in the Poinsettia Bowl that then went away after that. Forever Poinsettia champs, baby. Number two. Well, here is where the debate continues. At number two, we have 2021. I disagree. BYU gets invited to the Big 12 in the nine-game losing streak against Utah. They win 10 games, go 5-0 and against Pac-12 competition, 6-1 and against Power 5 schools, 10-3 and overall. And number one, apparently, 2020. Yep. Uh, 55-3 win over Navy on Monday Night Football to start things off. The only blemish at South uh, Coastal Carolina. Midway game, of course. Zach Wilson, number two pick. Brady Christensen, first team All-American left tackle. 11-1. A fantastic season. Chiefs play to Mason Wake. It was an awesome year. Jeremy, I'm so glad you got to witness the final game of the greatest season of Independence in person in Boca Raton. It was a fun day with uh, like 5,000 fans there. Our question of the day, which season was the greatest season of the BYU Independence era? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at BDN34. He agrees with you, Jeremy. 2021, we beat Utah. Utah won the Pac-12. Like, that was was a great win. It was. For many reasons. Three losses. Three losses, though. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Give it to Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon in studio today. That was awesome. Get healthy, play golf in Tahoe. Keep the streak alive. You might play regardless. Our thanks to today's guests. Yes, Jim McMahon and Morgan Bailey. Sorry to Dennis, no time. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Ashley Garfield. See you tomorrow for a two-hour Media Day special. Will 2022 be the greatest season of independence? Go Cougs!